All right, welcome to the Chaz Palmetary Podcast. New show out right now, obviously, 11 a.m. on Monday. Every Monday, 11 a.m. is a new show. And I got to tell you, next week, October 1st, October 1st, I will be at Town Hall. Town Hall in Manhattan, 123 West 43rd Street. I haven't been back on Broadway in 15 years. 15 years is when I first... Well, that was the, well. I first did the one man show in 1989. Obviously, you know all that story. Robert De Niro saw that. That's how the movie got made. Then I brought it back to Broadway in in 2007, eight. I mean, so October 1st is going to be a great show. This is the first time in 34 years. First time in 34 years, I'll be doing a Q and A with the audience. So the audience is going to be able to ask me questions about the play, the movie, the musical. I'm going to tell you intimate stories how it all happened. I got some surprise guests coming. I can't say who they are, but we're going to have a great time. I can't say who they are because in case they can't make it, I don't want to say who they are. So don't call me a liar. But we got a great time. Now, after October 1st, you got to be there. I got October 8th, Springfield, Massachusetts at the MGM Casino. Come on, all these big whales who follow me in Vegas and uh, Atlantic City. Come on out there. The MGM Casino. Do a little gambling. I throw the dice. Remember me in Bronx Tale? Ask me. I'll throw the dice for you. All right? October 9th, Boston, Massachusetts. The Emerson Colonial Theater. Love Boston. I'm a Yankee fan, so calm down. But I do love Boston. Okay? The Emerson Colonial Theater. That's the 9th of October. October 23rd, I'm in St. Charles, Illinois. Chicago, I love. Arcadia Theater. Rod Onesti runs a great ship there. Arcadia Theater. Come there. And let's see, November 6th at Long Branch, the Monmouth University Center for the Arts, New Jersey. Big show. Two big shows the next week. The 11th and 12th of November in Pittsburgh, the Byroom Theater. Two big shows that have never appeared in Pittsburgh before. Bill Mazeroski, I still can't stand a guy, but it's okay. And of course, 1119, the Richfield Playhouse in Richfield, New York. If you want to know where I am, because new dates come, I'll be at a city near you. Go to chazpalmentary.net for tickets. Go to chazpalmentary.net. It's Richfield, Connecticut. Richfield, Connecticut. I didn't say that? You said New York. I said Richfield, New York? Thank you, John. John, thank God he's here. Richfield, Connecticut. And uh, don't forget to go to my website. Saddest thing in life is wasted talent. My father wrote this. It's not my line. It's my father's. I wrote it. I put it on uh, in my room. He put it in my room, and I try not to waste my talent. And I attribute this to be my success. My kids, I put it in their rooms. They're big successes. My son graduated Berkeley from Boston. My daughter is a junior at uh, University of Michigan, top musical theater. Uh, program in the country. Uh, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. A photo, you can get these on my website if you just don't want the card, if you want this. Also, I have, this is one of the original posters from the original show back in 1989. Wow. You believe this? You believe this? Yeah. You could pick this up on my website. If you want a shout out, if you want me to do a video for you, your friends, whatever. Go to my website. I do them. I teach a master class if you want to come and see it. 
Come to see it at one-on-one one, one on one in New York City. Call one-on-one on one in New York City for my master class. I do twice, three times a year. All right. So I am really excited about today's guest. Why? I cannot explain to you how I am proud of this guy. This guy, and I'm going to introduce him right now. You know him. You've seen him in everything. He works constantly. He's a friend of mine. He was in, we casted him, De Niro and I cast him in Bronx Tale. He was a 17-year-old kid. And I tell people this, he had the smallest part in Bronx Tale and became the biggest star of all of them. All of them. My friend and a great, great actor, Dominic Labendoza. Lamardozzi. Lamardozzi. <laughs> I said to correct me. It happens all the time. That's okay. Dom, I am so excited for you to be here. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for I don't know how long, but I can't get you because you constantly are working. And knock, yeah, on, knock wood, on wood, thank God. And you know what? It's not an accident. For those of you who don't know, okay, he's been, let me, let me just give you some of the things he's been. I have to God. He's best known for the A&E television series, Breakout Kings. You played Ray, Ray Ziganelli? Ray Zaganelli. Zaganelli, okay. Tony, Tony Salerno. Tony Salerno, Monsco Scorsese, the Irishman. That's right. This is him, right? You were the firefighter and Judge Appetite, the king of Staten Island right. on HBO. I mean, The Wire. How, I mean, how long were you on The Wire, Don? I did all five seasons. All five seasons. Yeah. And you played Ralph? I played Herc. Herc, that's right. And you were an entourage as Dominic, Broadwalk Empire. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But you know what? Let's go to the beginning. Yes. How the hell did you get... I mean, so many people were trying to get into Bronx Tale at the time. You were 17 years old. Tell us how it all happened. Yeah, I was how actually more kid. like 15, 16 years old. You were 16? Yeah, yeah, roughly, yeah, around there. Tell us. That was 91. How did you hear about it? How did What happened? How did this happen? Um, well, first, thanks for having me here. It's, oh, it's my is, pleasure. This is, this is huge for me. You know, Come I on. always put you in a, in a different box than everybody else. Um... But Marco Greco had the Italian American Playhouse. That's right. You know, at the Revenue. Right. And uh, so all, all these kids would go in. Yes. And, like people were coming in from every borough and right. everywhere. And uh, Mike's Deli, Dave, like, you know, telling my mom, you know, you know, he should, he should read for this. He should read. So I, it got to the point where. You first, you started by signing your name, and they took a Polaroid. Right. Then it eventually dwindled down. Take a Polaroid, smile, look that way, look left, look right. I mean, it just right. went. It just went on and on and on. Then they kind of narrowed it down to the kids who actually knew how to read. Then they made you read some stuff. I was blonde hair, blue eyes. That's blonde hair, blue eyes. Blue eyes did not. And 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 I'm first generation American. Right. Um, and then it just eventually, now the role at that time was Nikki Four Eyes. Nikki Four Eyes, that's right. And went through the whole process, the whole gambit, and then it came to the point where it was, they want to see you in Tribeca. Right. Didn't meet you. I haven't met anybody else right. other than the people that were facilitating everything. Right. Right? Get there. 
and Bob is on the phone, similar office like this, maybe yeah. a little smaller than this. And this is a big room, guys. <laughs> so um, Bob was on the phone in the desk. He's always on the phone. Okay. Yeah. So now I remember waiting and I'm looking around and I never been to a place like this, you right. know, let alone an office building in the city. And you I'm were like 15. Around. I was young. I think Jeez. maybe Marco Greco took me there. Right. Actually. Yeah, let that and, ring. Um, and I'm looking around. I'm like, wow. And then they, they called me up and I walked up the stairs. You opened the door. Yes. And this is what you said. Hey, kid, how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Chaz. De Niro's on the phone in the back. You're like, are you ready? You know, you want to you wanna read this? You know, you want to do anything? And I wasn't being cocky because I wasn't. Right. I was a shy kid. I still am a little shy. Right. And I said, "No, I got it. I'm good." Yeah. And I I did it without looking at the sheet. Right. And did it in front of De Niro. Did it maybe two or three times, right. maybe. And I don't know if you slap me in the room. I'm not sure if I'm you did, but you, I, I think you did I'm hit known, me, but I'm you didn't hit me nowhere near as fucking hard as you hit me that night. I, I, yes, I could tell you that. I, I, I'm known to slap fucking actors Fucking cold together. that night, too. I know. It was cold. But I had to. I had to yeah. because, you know, with Bob, and Bob is like, well, was Chaz. We got to make this real. Let it go. Yeah. I said, the kids are, t he said to me, kid's a tough kid. He can handle it. It was a lesson learned very, but, very early on. But I could on. see by, the, you know, your emotion. You know, look, I had to slap the hell out of Lilo. Yeah, slapped yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, you were young kids. You didn't know how to bring up, as actors, the rawness of the realness of being scared and being slapped. Totally. So we're street kids. But you, you're street kids. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. But I remember. And then I got the part. I, you, I, you got I, the part. I got the part. Well, your accent and your re and your your. You know what it was? I remember Bob saying, looking at me. I remember him saying something like, "Yeah, all right, so okay." He's good. Like, there was a realness because you were real. You were from that neighborhood. Yeah. There was from a, that neighborhood. You were from that neighborhood. Yes. And there was like, your accent was spied on, was right on. Yeah. You had a heavy, heavy accent. It was like, you know, fucking elephant. What yeah. was the line? That was an ad lib I know you did. Yeah, an elephant driving the truck. And uh, No, an elephant stopped a truck. Uh, uh, big a, enough. A truck yeah. and the elephant too, some and shit like up, that. Yeah. And, and it, was, um, it was great. It was great. Yeah. And, as, and, you know, look, we always talk about that. You know, Scorsese, De Niro, uh, and even myself, I, I, I always, as a writer and as a director, I always say, look, you want to ad-lib something? Go ahead. If it's better than what I wrote, say it. Mm -hmm. Say it or add that in. Do it. You, 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 with somebody who's real, you were so real and so innocent but tough. You had that thing about you. You, you, had, you were innocent tough and real and that was i remember i know bob responded to that immediately and so did i and i mean obviously look it at your, look at your career kind of happened again on the on the irishman with with bob yes I, yeah I, it, it did um i remember putting myself on tape uh for uh for the casting director uh, right and and uh made me read two different roles Fine, I left. Yeah. Then they call back. Don't cut your hair. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Something's brewing, but don't cut your hair. 
right, I'm not going to cut my hair. Two weeks goes by. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You didn't hear from them. And now I'm starting to look like Burt Young from fucking Rocky. Yeah, right. This is the summer. I want to take my hat off. It's yeah. like ridiculous. And, um, I said, you know, I told my my age, uh, my manager, Michael Garnett, um, why don't you give him a call and see what's going on? Maybe this is dead. I mean, I can yeah, shave you want to know. Maybe I can shave my head now. Yeah. And uh, they want to see you Monday. I said, okay. So I go see uh, Marty and Bob. I think Marty might have been cutting something, so it was at a soundstage somewhere. Right. And so Marty's there. Bob is late. And Marty, we start talking about everything except the part. <laughs> we're talking about films. We're talking about Billy Wilder. We're right. talking about the transition of, of of film, like before Brando right. and, and all that stuff. And which which I'm told I could talk for days about. Yeah, that. so yeah, I love that stuff. And uh, then Bob comes in, sits down, gives me a hug. Obviously, I work with him on the family. I worked with the Bronx Tale. He remembers me, yeah, sure. acknowledged me like he knew me for of course all he, those that years. Bob does know you, yes, and. We're sitting down, and Marty goes, well, we're thinking about this role. I said, that's great, because I've done my research already, how he sits in a chair. Salerno. Salerno. Yeah. I knew everything about him. And um, I think the other character was more of a fictitious kind of character, right. just implemented into the script, right? Right. So, um, and this Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay, yep, that's what it is. Okay, yep. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like we're done. Okay, like I got the part. Oh, like right. what? Okay, okay, like like what? Yeah, right. Gives me a hug. He goes, "I know somebody for the job." He's whispering. I don't know why he's whispering because Marty's right, right there. Yeah. And uh, and same fucking thing. I'm on my way. I left. I'm on the West Side Highway, and I got the part. They called you. Same thing as Bronx Tale. Wow. Same thing. By the time I got to my my mom's house, they had called my mom and left a message there saying yeah. I had the part. Did they do a screen test on you? With dressed as Tony Salerno? No, nothing. nothing. Wow. Which was always strange to me because they were aging everybody down, and what, I was one of the only people that Aging were aged. Up up significantly yes significantly heavy makeup 2 30 in the morning oh. in the makeup chair wow nobody got aged up that high everybody's because Salerno was what 70s late 70s yeah but they he, they play him from like 70 to his mid 80s till wow. he died yeah and so there was like three different stages right and uh and i got to work with pesh i got to work with right I mean, I always. Oh, you were put, great in it. I saw it. Always put Pesci in. The, you called me. Yeah, I saw you it. It was me. great. You were great. You you were one of the first people to reach out to me. Yeah, I, I was. That. I saw. Well, I saw it in the very beginning. Bob called me and said, "You know, you like to see it," and I I came to see it early. I loved it. Look, I love that stuff. You see, I love that stuff that just tells about the way things happen. I love long movies. I love movies that are very interesting. I, I sat through it and I love it. I don't it. have a problem sitting to, through a two and a half hour movie. Oh, three hours. I, I have no problem at all. I got no all. problem. I love the movie. I really did. I called Bob too. I said, Bob, wow. It's terrific. 
Yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job. They did a great job. You and, know, and we were t speaking off camera here, right? Before just the little nuances I saw after working with Marty, and then my recollections of working with Bob, right? Almost thirty years prior. Prior, was he adapted the same philosophy? Of same, of. Well, let's see where you're comfortable. Let's see. Let's not stray too off of what the story is, but right. let's see what, well, let's see what, what makes com you comfortable. What, what makes you comfortable? You always he want wants the actor. You to play. Right. I mean, I learned directing, obviously, from watching Marty's movies, but from really the first time I worked with Bob was so closely. I saw the way he was, and he was so open to the actors, and so, and so like, let's take from them. You know, let's let's see what they have, and it was great because I look, he loved my script and my script. But if they could say do a little something adding on to the script, you do it. I think all the ad libs that you did when in the thing, yeah, you know, you stuck to the script, but you also did ad libs in 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 uh, in the in Irishman. No, in Brock and Hill. I did it in the Irishman, and you did it in the Irishman. I think, yeah. well, because you know the world, right? You grew up there with these guys. You got to do your homework. There's things yeah. that you say. Yeah, sure. Well, you had that accent, you yeah. know. Fucking elephant, what the fuck? I mean, you can't fake that. Mm -hmm. You cannot. It sounds, there's nothing worse than a fake New York accent. Oh. One of the hardest things to do. But the Brits always say it. The Brits always say one of the hardest things to do is a real New York accent. I, I don't, I think I've seen maybe... A couple of Brits. Stephen Graham is incredible. Stephen Graham. I saw Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. And I worked with Tom uh, Tom uh, Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. I Tom mean, these Hardy guys, yeah, is, they're like chameleons. I'm, I'm yeah. talking about three of the best today. Yes. And, But I've seen some other people do it, and I'm like, whoa, calm the fuck down. Because it's just bad. It's bad. But, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, you were so real. Dumb, dumb. I mean, so Bronx Tale exploded you. Then you did your second movie with a uh, with Tony Vitale, the great Tony Vitale, uh, who I still talk to today. Still yes. have a great relationship with him. Um, he, I believe, at that time he was the location manager on a Bronx Tale. But he was raw writer. Yeah, was either finishing his film. Right, studied at NYU right. and whatever, and and he wrote he wrote this script, this comedy, off you know, kind of off the wall kind of comedy. Uh, way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its way time. Yeah, way, maybe that was the problem. Way, too way, ahead of way. its time. And it did the movie. Fell in love. You know, Bronx Tale got my foot in the door. But it was Kiss Me Guido that actually made me fall in love with acting. Wow. Because I was older. I understood. I watched what people were actually doing. How much doing. older were you? Oh. Was it a few years uh, after? Yeah, yeah. It was like four or five years was later. Was that long after that? Yeah. Wow. By the time that movie, we did tons yeah, of reading. Yeah, Bronx was 93. Kiss Me Guido was 97. Yeah. Wow. Significant difference. Wow. Yeah. And he got you an agent? He got me an agent. She handed me her card. It was writers and artists at the time. Wow. Handed me the card. I said, call, call me tomorrow. 
and I had an agent. And you worked and then I, like I, crazy I, after that. Side Street just one time for the love of the game. You were in. Yeah, the yards. The young girl yeah. and, and and the moonstone. Wow. I mean, you went on a roll. See, the, a lot of those movies you just rambled off. Yeah. Those were movies that were independent movies. When independent movies were really independent, independent movies. Independent movies, yeah. You know, now they'll call a $20 million movie an independent yeah, movie. Exactly. Could have made a masterpiece with $20 million back in, in the 90s. Right. You know, yeah. we're talking about Kiss Me Guido that was made for 800000 Yeah, and you I really Paramount liked that movie. That was a funny distribution. movie. Distribution, yeah. It was huge. It was heartfelt. I thought Tony did a great movie. You know what? I'm surprised he that modeled Tony that kind of what you, you were doing with the Bronx Tale at the time. Right. Where you had this this great template, yeah, and well, was like, it a play first? It, that's the only place it, it, it didn't. But he, he tried to go to the TV, tried right. to do the musical because it was it, it could be a great series. He just it was just before its time. It was just way before nineteen ninety seven. They did try to make it a series, but it, it at the, now it would fly. People would understand it. People now, would yeah. gravitate towards it. Could be a good musical too. You know, I'm surprised Tony didn't write more and, and, and direct yeah, more. Yeah, he did. He, he did. He did. He okay. You know, Tony, he's a talented young man. Tony talented has man. he has a lot of material in the arsenal. Right. Um. It's just as you know, it's it's really difficult getting Very, people yeah. to read it, it. It's hard. Yeah. But he has it. So anybody who's listening to this, yeah, you should call Tony Vitale because he has some really good stuff. Yeah, Tony's a wonderful writer and wonderful director. Shout out to you. Tony, yeah. good guy. And it was, he was a terrific location manager, too. Just, just terrific. a terrific guy. Terrific guy. Terrific so, okay, guy. so Brock's Tale, Kiss Me Guido, boom, you go off on a tantrum. You're in all these other movies. But it's an interesting thing you told me. When you did a Bronx Tale, when did you have to join SEG? I think it was your right mother. After. Was your mother said, no, no, use the money, we're going to join SEG? Yeah, I, I think I had. One full day of work, right, or one and a half, or whatever, and yeah. I had made that whatever that SAG low budget was right. for that, and she took the money, and I joined the union. Wow! And I was eligible for SAG, which is later on I realized, holy shit, it's holy difficult. shit, difficult. People difficult. don't realize. How hard it is to get into. Yeah, SAG. you're not gonna get a you're not gonna get a, a SAG car with a whiskey bottle. No. That's not going to happen. You're not going to happen. You know, it's not like here's, here's the dilemma. You're not going to get a job unless you're SAG. Yeah, it's not like you're local not 79. <laughs> you're not going to become SAG unless you get a job. So it's yeah. like you just have to do one of these movies where the director goes, I don't give a shit. He's not SAG. Fuck it. I'm putting him in the movie. Because you give have him to. Give him his voucher. Yeah. He has to, he has to be a voucher value. because yeah, yeah. he has to say, I looked at everybody else in the union and I'm willing to go. Against the union, I will explain to them, I got to have this guy. So it's hard. It's hard. It's uh, really hard. It's really dangling hard. Dangling a lot of cords. It's you not easy. Dangle, and you realize when you got old, they said, holy shit. Because, you know, you're, you're on, you're on. A, and yeah. I've gotten people sad cards. Yeah, so I've have I. I've gotten Many. some of my friends, some cat cards. You know, they were extras. Yeah. And whatever show was on the show, like, yeah, put them in the background and stuff. And then, you know, you, you do it enough times. And you earn these vouchers, right. which is still a difficult way of getting it. Very much, yes. You know, and uh, 
that's the number one question that's always hard for me to answer. What's that? And I'm sure you get this all the time. How did you get into this? And yeah. it's always a tough it's a tough question. question for me because it's unorthodox. Well, it's unorthodox, what but what I tell people is in your case is you, you're a young kid, you audition, you, and you caught a lucky break that we picked right. you. But, but... It was an open call. It was an open call. Yeah. But there were a few other kids who got that open call, and they never did anything else. They did Bronx Tale, and they never did anything. Then you had other kids who had really good parts, we know who, mm -hmm. and squandered it. Yeah, super talented, too. Super. Oh, super I've always talented. said to people, super talented. Could have been a huge star. Could have been Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, he Easy. could have been, he was that good of an actor, this kid. But yeah. he wasted it and threw it away. Now, uh, then again, look, not to get into that, he, I hear he's getting his life together. God bless him. And I hope he's, look, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's trying. He, but he's doing more than trying. He's succeeding. He's, well, that's he's good. doing really well. But, he's helping a lot of people. Well, that's good. He's helping yeah. people and tell. Yeah. Now, because that, that is a, you know, success is a window. You got to go through that window when it's open. Yeah. You know, uh, but I always tell people, you have the smallest part in Bronxdale, and you became the biggest star of all of them. You did. Look, say what you want. You're the most successful of all of the kids from Bronxdale. Well, Joey D'Anafio, Joey does very well too. Joey yeah. D'Anafio does well. But you have been incredible. And I always bring you up, and I'm always so proud of you. And uh, it, it, this is hard work and discipline. I mean, staying away from drugs. Uh, look, we all had our thing, but yeah. but you were you're disciplined. You you do your work, Dom. You're serious. You come to work prepared. You show up on time. Here's the thing of a guy. What do I always tell you, everybody, when I do the classes on success? The man shows up. He showed up for the call. Probably waited online with I don't know how many God knows kids. He got in. He kept going. Around the block, man. Kids were around the block, but he waited online. He had determination. Then he finally got a chance to read for us, and you know we brought him in. Yeah. And then from that, he waited about three or four years later to get another part in Kiss Me Guido. Did that. Had a love for acting. His mother was on his side, said, look, use the money for SAG. You know, and look where he is today. And I missed the softball game. You missed the softball game. That's all right. You know the league, you know the, 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 the softball league? Yes. In the neighborhood. Yes. I missed uh, well, hey. Worth so, it. So it was worth it. Changed his whole life. It did change my life. Changed it his did. life, his career. He's getting married soon. He's got a fiance. You own a home up here. Yes. Look at your life. Yeah. Look at you. Look, look, folks, this is a success story. From showing the fuck up, he showed up for his thing. Did Kiss Me Guido. Got an agent. From that, after somebody saw him and kid, people don't knock on your door, folks, and say, please, uh, we want you to star in our movie. It doesn't happen. You got to do plays. You got to do independent movies. You got to audition. You got to, like, go to school, go to class. Do the best you can, but you got to get out there. Only the people who show up really get ahead. Your network is your net worth. Remember that. I mean, Dom, um, what would you say 
is the work you're most proud of of all the movies you did that you that's your favorite oh wow uh i know that's a hard question it's a super hard question Um, it's like children you all you love there are characters I, i i i liked yes um i loved all i you know i I've been fortunate enough to work with so many talented people. Right. And I, who I still have relationships with. Right. How 20 was your, years. How was your years on the wire? Did you enjoy that? Great. Five years. Five years. It was my first. Seriously. I got lucky with that. That's another luck. Yeah, how did you thing. get that part? Um, audition. You auditioned? Uh, Alexa Fogel went down. Uh, audition for Alexa Fogel at that particular time. Um, Herc and Carver, which are, are these uh, two uh, narc cops. Right. They the were show. real people, real cops? Yeah, in, in, in the show. Based on, yeah, okay. Based, not based on anybody oh, okay, significant. I got it. But uh, um, they, it was a recurring role. Right. Went in, I got it. Bob F. Colesbury was a producer on that with right. David Simon. Right. And Bob Colesbury, I had just finished working with on 61, who produced 61 right. with Billy Crystal. Right. I went in, I read, I got it. I'm off to Baltimore. We shoot the pilot. The show gets picked up. The part becomes a regular. Wow. And that was my first job after... 12 years from joining SAG, 12, 13 years, something like that, where I didn't have to... Worry about work. Where I didn't have to uh, pour concrete, lay asphalt, get jobs where I just had to walk away because they wouldn't let me out for an audition, so I was like, screw you, I'm leaving. And then I would just get another job another day and another job another, you know. You hear that, folks? uh, But that was my first... You f- I felt like a working actor. Five years. I mean, Five that's... years on that show. And and da- to David Simon's credit, and Bob, Bob, we lost Bob, I think, after the second season. Right. I rest his soul. But David Simon, to his credit, had to go and pull the rabbit out of the hat just to keep that show on the air. I mean, I've heard people say to me, hmm. it was the greatest show on television. Yeah, it's 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 in its own little thing, you know. I mean, you have to understand at that particular time you had giant shows. You had The Sopranos, you had Sex in the City, you had Six Feet Under. Uh, HBO was uh, the Y was just like this redheaded stepchild. And what 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 uh, network was that on? HBO. HBO kept it for five years, Tom. I mean, that's that's big. Yeah, with David doing some sort of magic. Keeping it. Well, magic. Because it but didn't pick up a fan base till later on. It didn't. Yeah. It became, I, I know people who just, they're like insane about that show. It's different. It's its a very socially conscious show. Yeah. It, you watch that show now and there's things that from that show that are resonating now. As much as they did then. You, you think you could have done that show now? With the, Abs- uh, with the political correctness? You think so? Absolutely, because it speaks to all that. It speaks to that. Wow. It speaks to all that. I think a lot more people, it would have been more of, 
noticeable and have a, a, a bigger audience now than it did back then. Wow. I remember it would be the the hiatus of the second season going into the third season, the third season going into the fourth season, right. going to L.A., trying to get a movie during the hiatus because we didn't know whether this show was getting picked up. It was it was that bad. Each year. Each year, wow. we did not know. Or you didn't know if your character was coming back. <laughs> you uh, you, you read, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, I didn't uh, die. Coming right. back. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't die. Yeah, I didn't die. Every episode, you don't know what David, and um, because there was no room for hope, right on that show, right. Anybody who kind of represented hope, they didn't make it five seasons. My <laughs> character was such a bad guy, so you, it was okay. With yeah, you. so let, yeah, let's keep him. Let's keep. Yeah. Him. He's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep him. Yeah, bad, bad. There's always bad. Controversial. Yeah, controversial. Keep him and um, keep him. So that's when you really felt, all right. I, yeah, I could, David and all those, they gave me that opportunity. And then I got to work with David two times, you know, I on, on the Deuce. On the Deuce, yeah. And um, yeah. We Own the City. We Own the City. Yeah. Wow. Wow, got to play, great. so I got to play with him. And, uh, you know, Baltimore is like, I, I still have friends there. In Baltimore. I talked to, it was like my second home. You probably go there. When you go there, when you I know when, when I can. You know, yeah, you know now, I haven't been there in a while, but yeah. There's so many great I things. So tell us, I, I want to get to, what, what do you got coming out now? What do you, what, what could we look for? I got a, did a film uh, for Netflix uh, with uh, the great director, uh, Grant Singer. Uh, it's a film with um, Benicio Del Toro for Netflix and um, uh, Black Label uh, Productions. There, that 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 should be coming out maybe sometime in. What is the 23. name of the film? Reptile. Reptile. I love Benicio. I work with him. In He's the phenomenal. Suspect. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, and I just wrapped up Tulsa King with um, Sylvester Stallone. Tulsa King uh, for Paramount Plus. Now, are you a regular on that? Well, for the first season, I for was. The first season. Well, that's great. Yeah. Who knows? That's fantastic. Sly is great. Sly. Let me tell you, Sly is great. I love Sly. Always did, always have, yeah. always spoke highly of him. Yes. You know. He's, right. uh, talk about a work ethic. Forget it. The, the Another biggest, level. You know, people, you know, when he first came out, people like, you know, Adrian and all that. Let me tell you something. Smartest guy in the room. Smartest guy in the room. Every time. Hands down. Hands down. Yes. Not only that, I'm going to tell you something about Sly. People go, ah, hey, you know, the man... He makes the same movie or whatever. The man invented sequels. He invented them. You think it's easy to make a sequel? How many sequels suck? Mm -hmm. I can name a few that are great. Godfather. Okay, that's great. Okay. Then you got to go to Rocky. Then you got to go to Rocky. You got to go to Rambo. You got to go to Rambo. First Blood. I mean, the guy just is a machine. When I looked, when when I was working with him and... You know, you you know, you do the scene, and then you right. know that oh, we gotta fix this fucking camera, or we gotta right. do that, or you know, whatever. And uh, I just look at him, and I just think of this guy who <clears throat> constantly, constantly is dealing with obstacles, yes, and gets around obstacles, whether it be. Dyslexia, whether it be yeah. Rocky living in a car, right? Have to sell your dog, right? This being out of you know, not 
being right. uh, bankable for like 10 years right. or, or whatever, and then coming back and, he, and doing the, the, these movies that are like blockbusters. He's again. amazing. Expendables. The guy is just... Wait a minute. Uh, Expendables. He's another they're, they're another sequel. And he's a writer. He Here's the thing. Here's the thing with, with Sly, too. He could do everybody's job. He could do everybody's job. Absolutely. He could do everybody's Smartest job. Smartest guy in the room. In fact, you know yes. what? I got to get Sly on the show. I got to get him on this show. And I want to go amazing. back to that because I learned a, a big difference. I had a great conversation with uh, when I was shooting The Irishman. We had downtime. I'm sitting with Joe Pesci. Right. And we're talking about, I forgot who we're talking about, like uh, directors. I, right. I, I was fascinated. I, I like, I loved his performance in JFK. Yes, it was great. Right? So we started talking. And I was like, yeah, you know. Oliver Stone, great director. Yeah. No, Marty, great director. He goes, no, no, no. Marty's a filmmaker. Big difference. Oh, okay. Big difference. Marty could do everybody's job. Right. He's a filmmaker. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's interesting. You know what? You're right. I actually commented on your Instagram because I believe. At one point, correct me if I'm right or wrong, that was a topic of conversation here. Yeah. Early on. About directing. Directing and filmmaking. And Directors filmmaking. Yes. and filmmakers. And filmmakers. You know, Marty's a wonderful actor. Marty was supposed to play the priest in Bronx Tale, you know. Was he? That's right. Because Marty wanted to be a priest. He was going to be a priest. Bob told me. And Bob asked Marty. Yeah, yeah, he was. He went, he went to the seminary. He went to the yeah, seminary. Yeah. Bob asked Marty to be the priest. But I think because of schedules or something, Marty couldn't do it. But I remember you that. You see it in his work. Oh, you see it in his work about God and yeah. uh, righteousness. Uh, the religious undertones. The religious undertones. Yes. You, you see that? Yes. <laughs> Look at Mean Streets. Come on. The character of uh, Harvey Keitel with the priest. With the God and the cross. I mean, that's all that. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're a fan of this film, but I am. Yeah. If you watch The Departed again. Oh, yes. Big fan. Look at all the symbolisms yes. in that movie. It's reminiscent of The Third Man. Yes. Yes. The end. Yes. People walking through an X, and the yeah. next thing you know, they die. I, I yeah. mean, it's it's I mean, it's, I it's, it's encryptive, won. you know. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's. I, I thought Marty should have won a, a, an Academy Award way before The Departed on Raging Bull. I'm sorry, Raging Bull. Do you know what beat Raging Bull out? Ordinary people, ordinary people. Which is a great film. Great film, but not a Raging Bull. It's not. It's not a film for the ages. Yeah, it's, it's not, not that. It's not that. It's not a <laughs> film where there was voted best. Show of the decade, best film of the decade. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. it's not great film, but not Raging Bull. I always said it, Raging Bull, the greatest performance ever made on film by an actor. Robert think De Niro. of think of the things that movie introduced. Yes, think yeah. of the. We wouldn't have a Joe Pesci. We wouldn't have a Joe Pesci. Bull. He uh, was out of the business. He was out. He was disgruntled. Bob saw him in a little movie. Right, and he called him at Amici's. Called I worked at Amici's. That's right. And you worked at Amici's. I was a, bu a busboy yeah. at Amici's. Wow. You must have served me. I remember that. Yeah. And, um, right. And wow. the, mute, the, the, the sound effects with the animals. Oh, my God. Cutting the ring off, which he probably got from Sandy Lamette from, yeah. from uh, 12 Angry Men. How, you know, you could... 
everything with lenses and stuff. But you know, Marty you always says he always gives credit to other people where he always, always gives credit. He's like Frank Sinatra. It's like Frank Sinatra. You, you take other things and you make it your own, and Marty does that. Composer and songwriter. Composer and songwriter. Uh, he always, and, and I, myself, you get an idea. Bob is the one who taught me. Bob always said to me, it takes just as much talent to recognize a great idea as, as it is to come up with it yourself. Yeah. So a lot of people get threatened by that, but the great directors take great That's ideas. That's ego. That's ego. That's ego. But the great directors. Um, but there's also... Um, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, going back to... It had to do with, uh, with Joe, but it'll come back to me. Go yeah, ahead. but... I just want to say it's been really great having you here. Yeah, uh, you're just terrific. I am so happy that you you were able to come. With, I know your schedule's crazy, but you got all these great things coming out. You got to watch this guy. This guy is just phenomenal. He really is. And here's a guy, showed up, showed up when he was 15, got the part, and that's how you become successful. You got to show up, folks. Please. In fact, I'm going to remind you to show up October 1st. Boy, that was great. Was that a good... October 1st. That was smooth. That was smooth. At the Town Hall in Manhattan, 123 West 43rd Street. I'm going to be doing the show. I know you're, you're out in Atlanta. You're doing a movie. Yeah. But I'm going to have some people from the Bronx Tale Bronx cast there. And it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a fun night. A Q&A afterwards, October 1st, Town Hall come to see the show first time you Q&A in 34 years wow. God bless you all Dom you are a gentleman uh, and a great great actor but more important you're a great man God thank bless you. you so are you Jazz thank you for having me thank you <laughs>